that that reaction is too genuine and awesome matt you leave that in greetings everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the colt sure podcast i'm your host nicholas christian and as always thank you so much for joining us whether you've listened before or you're new here so basically to give you the rundown we are a podcast that interviews all artists, musicians, performers, photographers, filmmakers, you fucking name it in the creative f- world. We interview these individuals and just learn all about them. If you do anything or know people that do things that you want to know more about, hit me up. I'm easygoing-ish sometimes. And uh, I'm always down to meet new people or interview people I already know and just learn more about everyone doing awesome creative shit in this fucked up world. So, with that spiel out of the way, we're we're in the go-home show, as I'm going to call it, of the show July 8th at the Oasis in uh, Forky River, New Jersey. Had Jacob, a.k.a. Vomicord, on a while ago. Had uh, Let's Disinfect on. Had Dan Green, the man who's letting this all happen, literally in his own backyard. Um Keep Pushing Productions was on. Grim Garden was on. Hops fucking edits this shit. Love you, Matt. Uh, Creations with Chels is going to be there. Um, Who else is going to be there? Shit, I'm drawing a blank. It's going to be a fucking event. But we are joined this week in the Go Home Show with the last performer. Someone who I haven't had the chance to meet. So without further ado, we are joined by Ruggy Rugs. I said it right, right? <laughs> all right it, it's i it always happens i ask before i start and then when i go to do the intro it's like i freeze up and i forget my own name <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, i forget people's names usually as soon as they tell me so you're doing great <laughs> all right thank you thank you so how are you today i'm pretty all right it's a easygoing day I'm not working so just doing me I had a salad today that was nasty, though. It was not good, which is, like, kind of hard to fuck up a salad, so. Um, I was about to say, how do you fuck up a salad? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, they did it. Hummus choice too many. I, it was, like, three different hummus hummuses in there. It was just, like, all hummus. Anyway, yeah, I'm having a great day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry that the hummus sucked and the salad sucked, but... Hey, it, as long as it's a good day, and any day that you're not working is a good day. Mm-hmm. I just having a you day. So, why don't you uh, just give a, a brief little introduction of yourself, and then we'll dive into everything you do. Sure. Um, hi, I'm Ruggy Rugs. Um, I'm a Jersey fucking dirty Jersey fucking <laughs> Jersey girl. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, uh, I'm just out here. I make music. I'm a club kid. Um, uh, fucking active ass person. I'm in the gym all the time. Pretty healthy in general, which is so funny because like, if you were to listen to me at any point, you would like assume I'm a degenerate, which I am like, don't cancel me guys. I'm still an asshole, but, um, I'm also like drink water and go to the gym because I do that all the time. Um, I work in production. I do a bunch of shit. Um, I make stuff and 
I live in Jersey City. I don't know. Fucking, I'm a sister <laughs> and a kid. What's your zodiac? <laughs> What's your zodiac sign? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I just want to say that I feel like the new degenerate thing is to drink water. Because as you see, I have my seltzer, but I also I have a glass of water. So it's kind of like <laughs> double water. It is. And I love no, a seltzer-water combination, to be honest. Because sometimes you need a little fizzle, but then you also just want that straight gulp. Exactly. And yeah. you can't gulp a seltzer, or else you're, you're going to get agita. Like, I'm I'm 30 now. It sucks. Yeah. Like. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty-year-olds still doing this. I realized recently. Um, I just turned thirty like a week or two ago, and I realized oh, like happy belated birthday. Thank you. I played a show on my birthday, and I was just looking around like, damn, I've been doing this for a minute, and I'm probably gonna be doing this for a, a little minute more. Like I'm wearing this shit for life, and I think that shit is pretty cool. <laughs> I I played a show. It was two days before my birthday in oh. in Seaside. I'm sitting there. I'm like putting on clown makeup and all that. I'm like, dude, you're going to be fucking 30 in two days. What are you doing with your life? I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Having a great fucking time, to be honest. I feel like our 15-year-old selves would be really, really ecstatic to be at one of our shows. Considering, like, you know, when I, I was, I always say I was blessed in the sense that, like, my first band, it was a metal band. And, like, I'm not, I listen to metal now. I'm not too big into it, but, like, but at the time, a group of teenagers, like, I listened back to that demo. I'm like, fuck, like, that was my first experience playing shows, recording music. I'm like, I'm proud of this. But yeah. I look at the shit I'm doing now. I'm like, this is you. This is <laughs> this is the freak you created. <laughs> Isn't it nice, though, just to be able to, like, trace your own, like, lineage that way, though? Like, I was looking back at, like, older pictures of myself and kind of realizing, like, nothing has changed. Or it, or things have definitely significantly changed, but like in a way, I've kind of gone like full circle to that same weird ass like high school kid who just just lived outside of the boundaries of what was norm considered like normal, you know? Yeah, it's it's definitely fun chasing that back because it's uh, I'll never forget when I started going haywire, listening to Mister Bungle and Lightning Bolt and shit, and that's like uh, what just like my music just shaped into this weird path. So. It's nice going back. So, perfect segue. You do so much. What was your start, like, start, I guess you could say, in, like, being creative, since you do so much, like, whether it's music or production, or you said you're a club kid as well? Yeah, um, like Jersey Club, um, or just, like, raves, parties in general. Um, yeah. I feel like my intro to, like, just creativity started way before that, because I was just, like, a ultimate, like a fucking creative ass kid but um in a sense that like I thought that I was gonna well let me not say I thought that because I still kind of am doing this but I was a filmmaker first I was a screenwriter actor wannabe director um and like filmmaking is still one of like my core mediums um and like in my day life I work in production so I do like a lot of production assisting, producing, uh, wardrobe styling, costume design work in my day life just to like fund all of my music shit. Um, but I think sort of just like it, film being like my first medium sort of informed the way I approach like all the mediums kind of that I'm into now because it's such an all involved sort of like 
detail specific medium that requires like attention to like every aspect of the process. And I think like the way I approach myself as a musician now is like kind of in the same way as I approach myself as a writer, actor, director, um, because I do all of my own production. I do all, I like I style myself. I create costumes. I fucking make my own like artwork um, or like I'm on top of whoever I outsource to help me with the artwork. Um, and in many ways, like, I'm still also, like, I'd like to learn how to let go of some of that creative process, but um, I do feel comfortable in it, too, at the same time. So, well, the question was, where did I start being creative? I don't know. I just, like, I've kind of <laughs> always just been that. <laughs> <laughs> so, it well, it's cool, though, because it's, like, I, I totally get that. Like, Jacob's, like, the same way, and let's disinfect. It's, I totally get that being in control of every aspect of it it's like i i wish i was better at graphic design but at the same time I, i'm glad i'm not because i don't need to be working on that when i could be working on this like now mm-hmm. i have t- i have a few graphic designers that i trust with everything so i'm like hey this is what i need but right like, same. I- like but it's also like a part of it too like being able to know what you're not the strongest at and like having a well-defined enough idea and image of your in your head of what it is that you want and like knowing who you can outsource to to delegate those tasks for like i feel like that's a skill also yeah Yeah. it it also takes finding those like like like-minded people like in the same wavelength to understand your art and what you do and everything because because it's like you get a like a you know stereotypical graphic designer that you know, you you're into you're a very I, I guess the words avant-garde to sound fucking fancy, <laughs> but like, but with your costumes and like your music and everything, like I am I am so fucking stoked. No offense, Sean. No offense, Jacob. But I'm most <laughs> stoked for your act because hey, I haven't seen you before. I'm like it looks like total chaos, like bliss. I guess you could say it like chaos bliss. Like it's like. It just, it looks like, all right, I'm going to let out so much energy. That's why I'm like, I'm playing first because I just want to chill the rest of the time. But I'm just letting it all out during that. During Vomit Chord, fuck Vomit Chord. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I, the first time I saw Vomit Chord play was at a festival that, Ooh, that festival was so cursed. If you like, I don't know how I get into that. Um, but I did have, let to put it lightly. I had a huge part in like curating that festival. Um, and I, if I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, I know one year I just overheard Vomit Chord set from like the woods and thinking, what the fuck is that? Um, and then another year, I think we played back to back, and it was like raining, and it was just like just like we opened some type of portal and I think <laughs> the Jersey devil that night. Um, so yeah. And I haven't seen vomit cords since then. So I'm like super hyped to share a bill with this motherfucker again. I'm excited as fuck. Well, it's funny <laughs> you mentioned said festival because I played <laughs> the festival one year with vomit cord. Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> we might more then. <laughs> I, well, I don't know if because I forget what year it was that I played, but the second year I went to be on the street team, and the okay. one dude was trying to get money from me while I'm sitting there helping promote. 
but also play. And he's trying to get a full ticket price from me. I'm like, dude, I'm not just doing this to get a free entry to the show. I'm playing. I already got free fucking entry. Oh, right. yeah. Well, you got to give money. I'm like, no, I don't got to no. give money. And I... Sh- I I I texted I texted Jacob day of I'm like yo fuck this I'm out and I just didn't show up I didn't care I burnt all of those bridges I don't blame you there's so many people who like I've had to like not like I felt like I felt like I had to apologize like yeah I don't like I said yeah. that's <laughs> yeah well, we'll we'll shut the can of worms there we'll talk about yeah. it more in person but um, I also work on events. I'm a party thrower, a uh, club kid. Like I was saying, my my new series is Sweaty Sticky Sweet. And um, yeah, you were talking about energy. Like, I think I put a lot of energy into my live shows, but like throwing events is like a whole nother fucking yeah, can of worms. And Sweaty Sticky Sweet is really energetic. I, I was seeing uh, I was seeing that tag like in post years and all that. I had no clue what it was. So I was actually going to ask you what Sweaty Sticky Sweet was because I saw like, you know, you posting videos of these events. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like that is. <laughs> so it's party um, that I started with my friends, Ta and Henny. Ta is a really sick Jersey Club producer, also a DJ. Henny's also a DJ and like a multi-hyphenate creative of many sorts. She's really talented um, in so many ways, uh, but like super low-key about it. And I wish people knew more about how sick my best friend is. But I mean, Sweaty Sticky Sweet is our brainchild and we're all Jersey natives. Um, Jersey Club is like starting to get its like another spotlight like i feel like every like five or so years jersey club goes viral for some reason or another and then we like ride away for a little bit and then it crashes but this this particular moment feels like bigger than the last few times that this has happened and um we just felt like we needed something that was like like just like reminded us of what we used to do like back in the day like i know tommy specifically like were in the Jersey club scene as teenagers. Like we were going to parties. I was on the street team. I was on DMS. I was like promoting shit. He was DJing. Um, and like that shit was like really definitive of our lives. Like that's what we did. Um, so going to parties in like Brooklyn and like the rave scene, like so much of it is just about like kind of standing there and like looking hot and sexy and like doing drugs and like just like just social climbing um which i noticed myself being like really anxious in a lot of those settings and like wondering why and i'm like i go out to like you know sort of like expel energies and i know that's a a reason why like a lot of us go out and that's why we find ourselves doing whatever the fuck we gotta do um but there hasn't like seemed to be a focus on like dancing which is like traditionally like the way people have been like expelling fucking whatever in their bodies for centuries and like we just have sort of like allowed the club scene out here to become like kind of the opposite of that where instead of like purging ourselves we're kind of just like feeding ourselves like more reasons to feel anxious and more reasons to feel like judged or whatever and i don't know it has to be something that a lot of other people were feeling too because when we had our first party the reception that we got was just so immense and like 
we knew from like what people were telling us that we were healing. And I think that's like something that I love to focus on with our events. Like a lot of what we do is just like very intentional and specific. We have like, um, at our last party, we made sure to have like harm reduction station, uh, safe sex station, and just like really taking care of each other so that like we can dance. Cause at the end of the day, we just wanted to dance. So <laughs> we started Sweaty Sticky Sweet and I'm really proud of that. that that's our, our brainchild for real. No, that's awesome. It's, I'm not like a big like club goer. I never really was, but it's, I could see what you mean. Cause I like people that I know that have gone and all that. It very is much so it's like people just go in there to kind of do whatever and then sit and just like hey i'm here look at me but it's like that dancing like you don't that expression letting it out like yeah it's like people just said like i know i didn't feel safe or like comfortable to just like have a good time on the dance floor when i was going out a lot to like brooklyn bushwick party specifically like I mean, you know how New Jersey is. There's not really that many like venues out here, at least like in North Jersey. Um, like you're in, you're you're by like you're South Jersey based, right? Yeah, I'm Waretown, so I'm like not too far from like Seaside. So, okay, everyone so I, I know like, is going to those <laughs> those clubs. I feel like you guys like have like more venues there, at least for like punk stuff, like. There's a lot of like, there's a lot more DIY shit popping up, which I'm all for. Like, I'm super DIY. Vom- Vomit Cord and I, we, uh, for like a couple years, we were holding shows like in, uh, in, like his parents' basement at the time, like when he was living there. And, uh, we were just bringing in people from all over, holding just these outrageous basement shows and just like having a blast with it. But down here, it's like Asbury's kind of like, losing venues uh long branch brighton bars gone and it's like mainly the stuff down by me it's a lot of like shore areas where it's all like cover band shit mm. so it's like oh, unless you could play fucking sweet caroline you're you're not booked like uh i was always under the impression that south jersey to accommodate a music scene whereas north jersey like all of our venues have about closed down except for like you have like Prudential Center and like New Jersey Performing Arts and nobody's trying to play a punk show at fucking New Jersey Performing Arts or have a party at the Prudential Center. Like, let's be serious. We had DIY venues for a little bit, but those all kind of got shut down. Like RIP Submerged, RIP The Life Lab. Um, But yeah, so we're kind of just forced to go to Brooklyn to have a good time. But then I found myself not having a good time while I'm there. So I'm like, what the fuck do we got to do? Like, we got to throw it ourselves. Yeah, like um, heading out, um, like towards like Philly, there's this one, I think it's like 4333 Collective or something oh, that holds shows. Yeah. yeah, I've seen what they're doing. They've yeah. seen the those shows. Yeah, they had one at like a Sonic drive in that yeah. I, was, I almost went to. But I didn't. I'm so pissed I didn't go to that shit. I almost <laughs> went, but I didn't know it was gonna be that. I just like heard it was like such and such band was playing in South Jersey. Do you want to ride? And I was like, nah, maybe not. And then the <laughs> next day I saw it and I was like, wow. I was like, oh, do I want to eat corn dogs and go to this show? Ah, it's far. And I, I think it was I think that was like when I was going through a breakup or something. I'm just like, nah, I'm gonna sit inside a mope. 
fuck corn dogs, fuck live music. And then I see it the next day, like people spitting fire and stuff, parking lot filled. Yeah, I'm like, I actually know that person. Oh. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's an iconic motherfucker who's always in the pit blowing fire out their fucking mouth. Um, so shout out to Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that I saw that, and Jeremy is the reason I woke up the next morning and went, I should have went to that fucking show. Yeah, same. Same. <laughs> I was like, wow, fuck me. All right. I'm never not going to go to a show in South Jersey ever again. <laughs> now with um, Sweaty Sticky Sweet. Sweat, sweaty Sticky Sweet, sweet yep, right? Cool. Um, <laughs> now, do you have like, do you just kind of bounce around venues or do you have a set place that you hold your events or? Uh, we bounce around venues uh, because I think the nature of our event is like, it's sort of underground and like for the streets, like it's not really, and and it has to be sweaty. Like it has to be sweaty. So we don't want to throw like parties in these big ass venues until we're sure we can fill them out. Um, and in the meantime, it's just been DIY spots. All of the spots we've thrown parties at so far have been like our friend's basement and uh, our friend's warehouse and then Chaos Computer, which is a DIY venue in Brooklyn that's closing down this week. Um, and we were lucky enough to have our last party there like two weeks before it closes down. Um, and I think our next party is also going to be at a DIY venue in Newark. Um, so it's it's been like just us hopping around right now. And DIY places seem to hold us down the best because it's just like, I mean, they just, you know how it is. Like, yeah. it's easier to deal with a DIY place because you're talking to actual real people who aren't trying to fuck you. Yeah. And so, I'm aggressively but, not like have sex with you just like fuck you over fuck you but also sometimes that so yeah that's that's one thing i lucked out with booking at venues and stuff i never had anyone try and fuck me just one dude <laughs> trying to get me to take kratom and a bunch of shit I'm like nah man <laughs> i'm not doing that I, but yeah it's that's a, that's a cool thing with diy it's like you have people for the most part that are in it for the same shit that we're in it, it for exactly and who like see what we're trying to do and want to support it like chaos computer held us all the way down uh with what we were doing for our juneteenth party and like every all the other parties we had to the people behind the scenes at like the venues were very supportive whereas i don't think we would have had the same support if we were to throw our party at like one of these like name brand fucking clubs (laughs) (laughs) come to terminal five and spend 50 bucks a ticket yeah or like paragon which is like this techno club in brooklyn like uh yeah we're not doing this shit to be on the clout level we're doing this shit for people who want to sweat so sweat and have fun yeah give us the sweatiest fucking (laughs) shoe (laughs) you don't even need if you don't have ac we'll pay you to turn the ac off (laughs) yeah <laughs> now with the events is it like all um like dj sets and just like yeah it's all like dj sets. um i've been trying i kind of want to incorporate like live artists like live people who make dancey music but um my co-curators think that uh live sets during parties kind of interrupts the flow which is valid but i think it could interrupt the flow in a cool way i don't know we'll see we might incorporate it in the future we might not um, but as of now, it's just DJ sets. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it does have that flow going with the meshing of songs and all. It just, for lack of a better phrasing, keeps the party going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think certain certain artists can can contribute to that like flow, um, especially if it's like a shorter set. It's it doesn't have to turn into like everybody standing around watching one artist. And then the party dies after that. But I can see how it can become that. So I don't know. It's just something where we've thought about. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's still cool though what you're doing and everything. It's. It's like it's a safe. It's a safe club space. I guess you can say. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying, and it's also like nice to be able to sort of champion the Jersey club sound in a way because I don't think there's anybody from Jersey that's like collectively doing that like there's a lot of individual djs and producers who are all like going around like i i brought back jersey club i'm the king of jersey club i'm the queen of jersey club and it's like i love that you have that self-confidence in your fucking shit but like what are you doing to actually make sure jersey club is properly like represented on like in the streets like in person like you go to like these parties, like I like go to a lot of these parties where other DJs are playing Jersey Club, but they're doing it in like this bastardized, disgusting way. And I'm just like, you guys aren't even fucking doing this shit right. And all these DJs, all these artists who are like making Jersey Club flips of their songs and they sound trash. And it's like, you're they, this keeps happening because nobody from here, well, this keeps happening for a myriad of reasons. And I don't want to like, place the blame on all of Jersey because it's sort of like that can be come victim blaming really easily like the culture gets stolen from time and time again and there's only but so much of that that we can fucking take before it's like we kind of have to put our name on it like I did this like we did this but um bringing it back like if we're not like showing them how it's supposed to be done like then how, what uh, like what can we fuck what else can we do like we have to show them how it, how it's done so yeah it's nice to be able to do that for for the culture really now when you say a uh, jersey club mix and all that i mm-hmm. i know it might be it's one of those things that might be harder to explain and it's better to just hear but like mm-hmm. what what is like jersey club like i i i know nothing about clubs as i said so i was wondering what uh like what is kind of i'm trying to think of how to phrase the question what is jersey club i guess to say <laughs> <laughs> fucking oh, words club is a culture i think on a technical level the sound can be described as like the 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 sonic evolution of baltimore club um and it's become sort of like this regional North Jersey and like it travels across the state, but I think the hub of it is definitely like North brick city and like the surrounding areas. I know that there was like a scene in like Carteret too, of like just club Jersey, like Jersey club dancers or whatever, but it's more than just like adding a fifth kick to your drum pattern where it's like, duh, 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 which is what I think a uh, mass on the mass scale like production 
level, like a lot of these like Hollywood ass producers who are making club edits for like ASAP Ferg and like fucking whoever the fuck else. They're just like, okay, let's add this fifth kick. And then you can rap like on a drill flow over it. And like, boom, you have a TikTok record. It's like, it's, it's about the way the vocals are chopped. It's about the other sounds that are in the background of the track. Um, it's really about the way the vocals are chopped though. Like, I think that's something that like I hear in music, like these fake Jersey club edits that just don't sound authentic. It's because they're not chopping the vocals. Right. Um, granted there's like a Jersey drill scene too. That's kind of popped off in Newark, um, where like people are just like rapping over like these really sped up Jersey club beats. But I think that's like a different thing entirely. And what these people like these other non-Jersey artists are doing, they're, they're trying to make Jersey club songs. They're not trying to make drill beats. So it just comes off as this like inauthentic thing. Whereas Jersey club is about the dances. It's about the chops. It's about like the rest of the things in the production. So it's like very like, fucking minor shit that on a mass scale you probably wouldn't fucking notice or like you hear that fifth kick and it's like all right we're making club music now but um there's like different it's different like philly club is a is another is it's it's, it's another brainchild of baltimore club so it's kind of like a sister to jersey club in a way but like if you if you're not in it you're not gonna know the difference like i remember this one fucking chick in who just started like ballroom dancing to ask me like who really knows the difference between jersey club and philly club thinking that like she was joking and i was like me bitch like i'm from here like i know the difference like there's a apparent difference i feel like philly club is louder faster it has more gunshot samples has more bed squeak scant samples um jersey club samples a lot more uh like r&b records i think it does like a like a sexier cuntier club mix where like philly club comes off a little more aggressively granted jersey can do both and Philly could do both. So I don't know. Jersey club is Jersey club. <laughs> it's a culture. It's the streets. What, what um, you're saying is I need to get my ass up to one of your events and just yes, hear yes. for myself. <laughs> it, the fact that you described it as cuntier, maybe so happy too. So like, oh. And it's also aggression though. Like our party is cunty and like Jersey club could be cunty. But I remember speaking to you, um, DJ Tim Dalla, who passed away, rest in peace, Tim Dalla. Um, and he was telling us about, oh no, I think it was his brother actually at the funeral. Again, rest in peace, Tim Dalla at the wake or um, at a memorial service rather. Um, and he was saying how one of the first Jersey Club songs I ever heard started out as like an argument like between him and another producer. And it made me think about how many Jersey Club songs were literal diss records from like one producer to another. Cause at the end of the day, this shit is coming from like inner city, like people who are who are like in their rooms making music rather than in the streets doing bad things with their friends. But like they are in that world and like surrounded by it and live in it and like it comes out in the music. So I think Jersey Club comes from a place of like rage at the end of the day um and transmuted into like soft cunt <laughs> I, 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 I can't wait to hear it now because I'm going to be like alright there's the rage alright there's the soft cunt right there exactly. I, I hear that soft cunt <laughs> exactly oh my god I, no, I love it um, it's like I'm trying to really branch out, especially with like this podcast, trying to branch out to these different worlds. Cause it's like, 
I grew up with like the local like punk and metal like DIY shit. I'm like, I don't know anything about like the club scene. So I'm like, no, I yeah. I wanna I wanna learn more. It's you know, it might I love be- it. It's so crazy because Jersey is like such a small ass state, but like we had all this club shit going on, and I didn't find out about all the punk stuff that was happening down South Jersey until like maybe like the past five or six years once I started making music. And I was like, oh, this shit has been happening everywhere. Because we have a bit of a punk scene up here, too. Um, but it's definitely not as strong as what's going on in South Jersey. And I, I guess vice versa for, like, club shit. Yeah, it's down here. It's like, aside from Seaside, we don't have too much clubs or anything. And those, it's, I, I feel like those clubs might be the same as, like, you know, what I was saying, like, with, like, the cover bands and stuff. Right. Those, it's kind of the... Yeah, you're going to go and you're going to hear that fucking remix that you heard at the other club down the block. Like, yeah. it's no originality. Yeah. So let's talk, speaking of originality, let's talk a little bit about your music and, like, what you do with it with, like, the costumes and everything. So yeah. what... Like, what was your start, like, making your own music, and how did, like, the kind of costumes and everything come about? I know you said with the filmmaking kind of progressed to everything else, but... Mm-hmm. um, Well, I started making music kind of just experimentally in, like, sort of almost like a jazz band site type of setting where I was just kind of, like, freestyling and, like, just learning how to make music with other musicians. Um, and eventually kind of like developed my, I guess, style, my like sonic style, so to speak. I like made everything for a while. I was doing like acid house shit. I was doing fucking shoegaze, like straight up rapping on hip hop beats. Um, and then it didn't take, it took until I think I was in LA in 2021 and I spent a good chunk of time there, like almost a year. And like, I spent a lot of time with my good friend Elite, who is a producer and um, a rapper as well, and a, a vocalist as well. Um, and he does a lot of production for another New Jersey band, Horror. Oh, um, I know Horror. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to those guys. Got hella love for them. But Elite uh, kind of like just uploaded ableton into my brain like he was just like here young padawan and like (laughs) (laughs) like just straight up like put the shit into my head and also like i think because i knew how to edit i know how to use premiere and it the 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 what's it called learning curve from knowing premiere to starting to learn ableton was just like really quick for me i was once like he gave me my first lesson i was like oh this is basically the same thing as editing video except i'm using audio waves instead of like mp4 files so he was like sure if you want to put it that way i guess if that works for you um so once i started making my own beats i was really able to like define myself as a musician and that's when i started going as ruggy rugs and um started playing shows. And I think the more deep I got into it, the clearer my vision of self became. Um, and I had Lusik Puppy make shirts for this run that I did last year. Um, I went on like my first little DIY tour with uh, a few other artists, Monkey and uh, Super Violet. 
and fucking the shirts didn't sell out. And I was like so confident in my head before the tour. Like, yeah, I'm going to go on tour. I'm going to sell out all these fucking shirts. It's going to be sick. I sold like maybe like 10 shirts the whole tour. And I came back and I had all these shirts. And it was like the end of the summer at that point. And these were tank tops. And I was like, what the fuck do I look like trying to sell like A-frame tank tops that are size like small to large at these punk shows in the winter? Like, this is not going to work. Like, what, what the fuck can I do? So I made my first balaclava. Um, and like stylistically, I've always had like, you know, I like to put on what I like to put on. But once I started, like, maybe I can make a mask with the shirt that has my face on it and basically put my face on my face. And I sold the first one and like it just kind of like elevated my look immediately. Um and after that, I made like a few more. And then I made one for Gene, who's in horror. He's been performing like this whole tour run in my face, which is so sick. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, that's that's how that happened, really. Um, I work in production and specialize in costume design and like styling. So I already have like a mind for like just fashion and like costume design in general. So it was kind of fun to bring in like the skills from like my day job into like my passion. Um, and like one hand washes the other. I've gotten a lot better at um, my job and a lot more fucking better at making my looks from like my shows and shit by doing each other like I start sewing classes tomorrow which is going to make me able to like increase my rate for when I find work but also gives me like the skill to like make even more intricate costumes for the future so yeah yeah and some of the ones you've done like I see the masks and everything I'm, they're like they're so badass and everything it's no <laughs> knowing that you're taking sewing classes now I'm like wait hold on you don't like you yeah, because I've, I've hand sewed everything. I don't know how to use a sewing machine. So, at, like that first mask that I made took me like thirty hours to, because I was just sitting there with a fucking sewing needle in my hand, like smoking a ton of weed and just watching TV and sewing. Um, and I was like, I could probably do this a lot easier if I knew how to make how to use a sewing machine. Um, so yeah. Smoked a lot of weed. Well, I, I would have looked down, and my whole arm would have just been stitched up. I'd be like, "Oh fuck, man!" Oh, I definitely <laughs> did fuck myself up a few times. <laughs> it's it's cooler because it's like with everything you do and all that, just how it all of it fuels it. Like the other day, I just I learned how to put uh, grommets on. I bought a ten dollar grommet thing from Amazon because I'm working on this like new mask. I got this cartoon pig mask that looked like shit for 15 bucks so i start going in with the exacto cutting shit out and i'm like i want it laced in the back so i'm like i'm gonna learn how to put grommets and stuff and i'm just sitting there with them like this is cool <laughs> and it's like it's just it's cool that like it, it's cool knowing like that that's how you go about everything as well and like with uh, like the other people like that we're performing with let's disinfect and vomit core it's just like just that progression of all right i can do the music but then branching off into these other aspects of it like it's right, it, it's, sure. it's all in that diy ethos like we have these ideas of like like you said with your pig mask like this mask has cool parts to it but it could be a lot cooler if it looked like how it looks like in my head all i have to do is figure out how to make that happen and then we fucking do it so it's like 
it sounds complicated, but it's really not. Like I want something to be this way, so I do it. And if I have to go on YouTube and watch six tutorials, then I guess I'll have to do that. But (laughs) (laughs) And that's one of those things where someone's sitting there, yeah, I want to make this, but like, I don't know how to use a sewing machine or, oh, I don't know how to put grommets in. Oh, I got you, dude. Don't fucking worry about it. Check this out. Where'd you learn how to do that? I got fucking high. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Now, you all of this stemming from film and everything when you first start getting into the film where you just kind of were you making like short films or just little like video we're the same age so were you making like the youtube videos with the friends or um i was working on short films um most of which we never actually released even though we spent a lot of fucking time and money on these projects um the one i'm thinking of in particular probably will get released at some point uh it was like we spent, I think our budget was like 18K, which at the time we were like 20, 21, 22. Like, and it was all self-funded. Like it was like a three year long process of us shooting it and like going into our pockets to fund it. And I don't know, like when you're young, like and you don't have that many expenses, like it's kind of easy to sort of just go all in. But filmmaking is like such a fucking it's an expensive medium. Um, it can be done on a super low budget, but I don't think I've ever approached it with a low budget kind of mentality. Like I've always wanted to do the most outrageous shit with my filmmaking. Um, well, not necessarily. I just wanted to pay people and like, I don't want to hit somebody up. Like, yeah, I only have like 10 bucks and a fucking slice of pizza for you. Like that's never the type of producer I want to be. Um, so as time went on, I sort of kind of got more into like music video production because like it was easier to start finding work there. And then I realized that music video production kind of sucked because there was no money in that either. Um, and then ultimately like life hit and I started just like trying to figure out where I can get money. So I started working as a PA for like network television, commercial shit like that. And like, I haven't really been in like a filmmaker mindset um up until like recently recently i shot a music video so i i'm getting back into like the filmmaking aspect of it because there's a difference between like being a filmmaker and working in production yeah um so like to start out i was a filmmaker and then it kind of branched into like me just working into production for a while um and then like i came back to i directed a music video for myself i directed a music video for a good friend of mine annie um, and then like stopped, went back just to working in production. And now I'm kind of just trying to rope back in my filmmaking because I miss it. Like I love filmmaking and I don't ever get enough chances to do it. Um, but like music and film really go hand in hand. So I'm pretty confident that I'm going to find a way to like branch both mediums together, like in a real solid type of way where it's no longer like me being viewed as one and then the other one's secondary. Like I want them to be as equal as I view them in my head. Cause I feel like, like I'm just as passionate about my music as I am about filmmaking. Um, so it's exciting to get back into it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that it sucks. Like having so many passions, you don't right. ever want one to fall behind the other one. It's like, no, I, yeah. I want to be firing on all cylinders all the time with all of them. Uh, <laughs> only so much you can do especially when you have to fucking pay rent so i'm just like 
right now I'm like pay rent um, and try to get as much done as you can, but there's only so much that you can do. Yeah. And you got to factor in that sleep thing at some point. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I was talking to my grandma about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm writing like two albums right now and doing the podcast. And I'm working on this toy line and this toy line. She's like, when you sleep, I'm like, I sleep when I sleep. it's it's fucked yeah it's but (laughs) my friend my friend Sid I always bust her ball she just made shout out Sid by the way it's gonna be it's out now if you're listening the new mascot of the pod Colton the cult fly it's a little fly holding a sign that says join the culture with a QR code that leads to the podcast and Instagram and like the other shit too, just because I clumped all of it on one link tree. I hate having multiple fucking accounts. But um she always she posted a thing saying, I just want to get paid to make art with my tits out. And I'm like, girl, same. Same. <laughs> That's what I want to do. So I say it yep. all the time. <laughs> and I almost said it to my grandma. She'd be like, when do you sleep? I'll be like, listen, grandma, I just want to make art and get paid to make art with my tits out. Like, <laughs> oh, did you just drink water? I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Definitely almost came out my nose, but we're good. <laughs> but like, it's, I don't know if it's the same for you, but it's cool. Like, with doing all this stuff though it's like it's connecting me so much more with people and like for the first time in my life like i'm just kind of weeding out all the people that just aren't trying to strive for the best parts of themselves pushing themselves with that stuff and it's like just been surrounded by like nothing but these creative forces like my brother is one of my best friends he's finally doing a full-length movie and he's like you're your main character and i'm like yeah sure with everything else why not add acting in a movie in it that i've never done before no but that's really it just like your community grows as you grow and like people who aren't i mean i don't want to say on the level like at the end of the day life is going to filter out whoever's meant to be in your life and whoever's not like no matter what but it is super sick to like look around you and just be surrounded by like-minded creatives especially like having like a a sense of collaborativeness within each other and like that's when like the collaborations hit the hardest because you know each other's like artistic language and like your vision and it's just makes the shit so much fun i would love to just get paid to make art with my tits out with my homies right (laughs) like i i would sit there my tits out nothing but my tits out just with everyone (laughs) just ordering a pizza and just making shit like my ask the first the first one i made i was at my best friend's house henny and like she was working on some i think photo edits and like we were just sitting in silence and if i needed her to put the mask on so i could see what it looked like she would like take a second put the mask on like a lot of what I do is completely fueled by like the people around me, like elite showing me how to produce shit, like Todd being there to like tell me what a limiter was. Cause for the longest I was just like sending him these like really insane mixes and he'd be like, like, do you want me to mix this for you? And like, in my head, I'm thinking, Oh no, it's already mixed. Like I mixed it. And he's like, are you sure? <laughs> so it really helps. Like one hand really washes another when we get stronger as each other gets stronger. Yeah, and that's what's cool with having people that do similar shit as well, where mm-hmm. it's like, 
you you could only learn so much and you know there's things you're gonna overlook but then when you have people doing the same stuff it's like hey you want a limiter on this like what's a limiter like i i turned the knobs i made it sound good (laughs) exactly (laughs) and it's like everybody's gonna have their own skill set that they bring to the table too so if there's something i don't know how to do or could be doing better like it goes back to what we were saying before about like knowing where to outsource because like my homie is a really strong technical producer. Then why would I bother trying when I can put money in his pocket to do that? You know? Yeah. It's or like fucking booking some random person that I've never met before who doesn't know me, doesn't know my sound. That's going to charge me like studio pricing um, that I don't have when I can just hit up the homie who knows what's up, who knows my financial capabilities and knows what I want to sound like. And like, we work with each other and I can help him out with some shit in the future. Um, it's nice. Yeah. yeah that's why I did like the Terratunes EP. Actually the Terratunes demo was recorded in my bedroom by vomit cord. He's like, I got this recorder. I'm like, bring it over. And I just, it was just all just jam. Like it wasn't anything rehearsed, but like the other two, like my EP and my full length, like was done in a studio, but it was a studio where like I recorded drums for his wife's cello album. I recorded drums for some of his projects. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Hey, can I come in and do some bullshit? And like, they're like Berkeley trained. So mm-hmm. it was funny bringing my weird shit in, like s- screaming through a respirator and all that. And, and he has a thick German a- accent. Shout out Mishi. Thick German accent. And he's like, dude, are you okay in there? <laughs> just, I just disappear from the window because I'm rolling around on the floor, like punching the guitar pedals and stuff. Like just letting it all hang out with my tits out. <laughs> and he's, I'm like, how's it sound? He's like, I think, I think it sounds good. Is this how it's supposed to sound? But it's like, <laughs> Since that, it's like, I know people that record and all that, but I just, I kind of took it under my wing. Cause I'm like, I don't have the money to pay, like to pay my buddy the amount he deserves. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to insult him. Right. Yeah. You don't want to shortchange either. It's definitely a fine line there. Yeah. It's like, you know, down the road. Yeah. It's going to happen. But right now I'm like, you know what? Let me test my own limits. Let me do this self recording shit i'll see what i can do personally but right it's but it's always nice like just helping people out like sid with the fly i'm like how much you want got it send a little extra because i can make it work my buddy pat like that has designed a lot like i'm like all right do you want to just be cut in like per piece or do you want to going like a flat rate for a design and you know we both have ADHD and forget quickly after because we're playing pool and it's <laughs> we never talk about it again. I, I bring that up to remind myself because after this, I'm going to karaoke night and I got to remember to be like, dude, we got to talk about a fucking price. <laughs> but yeah. it's that it's re- it's really cool that like, you know, hearing about like these other communities like you have like in North Jersey because it's it seems like two totally different worlds than like down here with the scenes, but it's really, it sounds like really cool. Like what you guys are doing with like the club scene and everything up there. And I'm, I got (laughs) to check this out. I've been in a place off Jersey for mad long. So I'm like really excited to like finally go out there and do some shit. So thank you for that. 
Um, and I've always like thought it was weird how distant the North Jersey, South Jersey scene is. Like we're such a small state, there should definitely be more overlap. So yeah, I hope to see more of that. Well, well, maybe this could be the meshing. This could be yeah. the bringing together because it's the spot we're playing at. Oasis is really cool. Like Dan and it's Dan's house. And like it's just straight DIY spot in the backyard. There's an outdoor stage, but then if it rains and stuff, or like the winter months, there's a like a like a shed type thing, mm-hmm. which is kind of like you remember the festival, the abandoned house that Vomit Cord played in. That probably you did yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> vibes like that, but a little more structure to it. Oh, yeah, because that place scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> but, but like we'll be, we should be outside, but like. With this, like with the vendors and all that, it's like they're really trying to bring something like a community space there, like talking about mm-hmm. like all these ideas. And he's like, I mainly get metal and hardcore, but I want to bring other shit here. He's like, I want to have a fucking country concert. I'm like, geez, with all the rednecks down here. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that'll go over. <laughs> but he's like, I want to have a classical night. I'm like, let's have a fucking classical night. Sip wine and listen to cellos and shit. Like, so it's like, yeah, it's the, it's just like such a cool vision. Now I'm like, no, nah, I'm like, I'm I'm helping you run with this thing. I'm gonna help out whatever way I can. And it's like just want to see more of that shit start popping up. But the thing that sucks is like there's only so many places. Uh-huh. So it's that, but that's where DIY is great. You have someone with a PA system, anything's a venue. Exactly. Give me a generator and we're going. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about. You know, we hammered on a lot. You do so much that it's like, I don't, I definitely don't want to miss anything, but. Yeah, no. Did I say, did I mention that I'd be in the gym? Yeah. I fucking fight. I don't know. Do you want to talk about fights? I mean, about fight? <laughs> I mean, I watch professional wrestling, so I know a thing or two about fighting. <laughs> 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 My little protege at work, Tyler, that I trained the um the day of the show. I'm like, so I'm gonna see you on the eighth, right? He's like, dude, I told you I got a graduation party. I'm like, fuck graduation. Like, who cares? <laughs> and he's like, Well, we're doing that, and then we're watching the UFC fights up north. I'm like, watch some real fighting, watch fucking AEW, WWE, watch it. And he's like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> but we totally can. Cause I saw like I've seen like you train like oh, I'm sorry. You train work or you train them like were at wrestling i mean i would put them in a chokehold but it was for work okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's, one of the things i always talked about doing was i'm like i want to wrestle but the thing is it would be short-lived because i said if i'm wrestling i'm doing death matches i am fucking bleeding i'm getting <laughs> cut up and it's going to be short-lived because i cannot no <laughs> All right, you bring a light tube to the show. I'll get Dan. I'll I'll get Dan to sign a get me to sign a contract saying whatever happens happens, not as liability, and you could bash a fucking light tube over my head. I will literally do that. I, this is me virtually shaking your hand. I will show uh, up. Like, don't play with me. But it's one of those things. I'm like, it was short lived. I would train in it, but you actually train to to actually fight. <laughs> The, more more than spandex. <laughs> <laughs> Although honestly, 
at this point because I did my first and only like official fight last year. Um, it was a boxing match, and I feel like I got set up personally. Um, but that's what every loser says. But also, like I did get set up. <laughs> I did get set up though. Like <laughs> it was my first fight. They put me against somebody with like three fights on their card, and she was seventeen pounds heavier than me. And I lost by split decision, which means I gave the bitch the business. But it made me realize that like the sport does not really care for its athletes because there was no fucking reason y'all should have let me in the ring with that person knowing. Because I didn't know. Like I was under the impression that we were same level, same weight class. Um, but they just let me fight somebody who had more experience and just more mass than I did. So like obviously their her punches their their punches landed harder. Um, even though I punched a lot more and I landed a lot more, but let me not be a sore loser. A fucking, I lost. And after that, I was just like, you know, maybe competitive boxing isn't for me again. Like it's kind of short lived in the sense that I like having my brain cells. Um, but as a sport, I think it's super fucking beautiful and like, it's helpful to know how to defend yourself. And I highly recommend everybody take at least one type of martial arts class for like three months. Like your whole entire physique and approach to like physicality is going to change. Your confidence is going to change and you'll gain some like really helpful life shit. Like I've had to actually use self-defense methods in real life a few times, um, which sucks. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but I'd rather know how to do it than not know how to do it. So yeah. Um, that's the main thing with it is just having that skill set in the back of your head. Like you don't ever want to use it, but knowing how to fuck someone up is a good thing to know how to do. Yeah. Um, I'm all about a little bit of violence when need be. Shout out to violence. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the rage. Now it's time for the soft cunt. <laughs> don't don't hit people if you don't have to (laughs) but i mean the fact that it was a split decision though definitely means that you 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 gave her something and for and i rewatched the the tapes like months later just to see it from an objective and less like butthurt perspective because i was like dead upset for a minute like i didn't even want to talk to my coach after a while um but I watched it and I was like, okay, the bitch definitely won. But I had her ass in the second round and like the first half, the second half of the first round. So I see where it was split. Um, it is what it is, though. Yeah, and like, I don't know too much when it comes to that stuff, but like 17 pounds, I feel like is a big, like that's a, a very big difference. For context, um, I think each weight class is like between five and eight pounds for women's boxing if i'm not mistaken so like technically this person was two weight classes over me oh so, shit yeah. yeah yeah so the I fact for the day of that fight and she was she came in like 170 something so like just kind of unfair i definitely got set up a little bit yeah and it, even if you had someone a weight class higher like since she was like basically two higher and <laughs> you got a split decision if you had someone what a weight class above you you probably would have fucked them up and someone in your weight class 
definitely would have. And that's why, I, oh, whenever I think about that shit, I get tight. Because I'm like, that was my one boxing match that I've had. And I really wanted to win that shit. And I feel like if, like, and what really was crazy is that I was supposed to fight somebody else. And the morning of they dropped out, um, she probably saw my face and was like, oh, I don't want to fight that person. <laughs> <laughs> And then they put me against this other person. Um, so, but that's what happens in the sport. Like people, like whoever is running the game, or if like this coach knows the person running the game, they can easily like maneuver to get the opponent that they want to make sure that their athlete has another win on their books. And like, especially when you're trying to move from like different levels in the sport, like going from like open to like, or amateur to like professional or whatever, and you need a certain amount of wins on your book, they might give you a fight with somebody with less experience because they know you're going to win. So yeah, I don't like that. I feel like if you're going to have athletes in there, like risking their fucking physical health, especially like with a sport, a combat sport where like you can risk concussions and like rib breaking, like I got a concussion and my rib was fractured from that fight. So I was like, I'm going to need y'all to give me a little bit more care than that because that's crazy as fuck. Yeah, that's where it's like, you know, I, I was joking about professional wrestling, and all that, but it's like serious injuries do happen in that, but they learn how to, you know, take stuff. But like with, you know, MMA, boxing and all, no, you're really fucking hitting someone. That's the soft yeah. pads, on, like the pads on the hands don't mean shit. Like, yeah, you're still and getting like, that force passionate about it enough where you want to follow that shit perfectly and like learn how to like take a concussion like it's nothing and sacrifice your brain cells for that then fucking you're a, a bigger fighter than i am dog <laughs> like, <laughs> i want to find solutions and if i have to get you fucked up for whatever reason because you don't want to hear it then i'll go there but um I don't have that in me to pursue it professionally because I would have to drop everything else I'm doing um, and focus on how not to lose all of my brain cells. Yeah. So, and you're yeah. doing too much creative shit where you need every single brain yeah, cell. Yeah, I kind of need my cells. So sorry for those who wanted to see me do the, the professional fighting thing. That's not going to happen, but you I could. will still train and I will still beat your ass if I have to. I mean, that's the thing, too. It doesn't hurt to train where you're not getting, you know, fucking hit and everything because you're still getting to be active. You're still learning the self-defense. Mm -hmm. And who knows? One day you might get to bash a light tube over my head. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is what I trained every minute for. for this <laughs> I trained every minute to bash a light tube over a dude in clown makeup's head. <laughs> yeah. Fucking okay, wait. July 8th, we're at the Oasis <laughs> You guys see this clown bleed? It's, so, yeah. it's funny, my buddy did some wrestling, and like he was talking about like getting back into it just to mm -hmm. break me into the business so I could go with him and train and all that. And I'm like, dude, you could bash me now with a light tube. He's like, are you fucking serious? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, hit me with barbed wire. I don't care. Fucking cut me open. Let's go. And he's like, are you being serious? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're fucking crazy. I'm like, I said, if I hit a ring, I'm going big or going home. He's like, I would do a spot with thumbtacks, but that's about it. I'm like, that's terrible. I'm like, all the little holes in you, you would take thumbtacks over a light tube. At least the light tube's quick. And once it's done, it's done. 
Yeah, I would definitely take a light tube over some thumbtacks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would do both, but that's just me. <laughs> like, <laughs> but maybe one day, maybe one day. <laughs> I, I think the deathmatch shit is so cool. Like Casanova Valentine and like all of those motherfuckers are doing some really insane and fucking really fun, entertaining shit over there. So, I mean, I would support it if you ever had a deathmatch debut. I'd be there. Thank you. <laughs> Have you ever seen it live? Yes, I have. You have? I, yeah, it's nuts. I want to see more of it live, and I would love to see a hardcore slash deathmatch mashup event. And I've been thinking about how to make that happen if it's not already happening. You know what I mean? I feel like that That'd should be cool. If anybody's listening who organizes deathmatches, holla at me. Well, that's one thing that South Jersey does have is like there's a H2O Wrestling Academy run by Matt Tremont, which is like mm-hmm. a deathmatch legend. But then oh. with GCW for this shit. Wait, what's up? I'm sorry. The audio like, cut out. There's like physical spaces for this shit. I thought it was all like underground as fuck, like DIY. Well, Matt Tremont, it's like an actual wrestling school. But one of the oh. things that he specializes in is deathmatches and they do a lot there. But uh, then at um, what's it called Atlantic City, they always hold it. It's a uh, GCW Game Changer Wrestling. They're like basically the modern day ECW, where you have like the athletic, technical as shit, like awesome wrestling. People doing insane, just classic stuff. But uh-huh. then you have the matches where I watch the dude get lawn darts thrown at his back and. People going through glass on the barbed wire, through light, all this shit. But they always hold it in Atlantic City. And like I go from time to time and it's just like, oh, I fucking love it. It's beautiful. Like, yeah, I love that shit so much. Well, shit, maybe you and I can talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> they, they, have an, they have an event coming up in, uh, it's like a weekend in August. But... Uh, I'll announce it here before social media. I will not be attending that because looking to get him on, I'm sure he'll be on Blackbeard Endeavors is holding is holding a kink fetish freak show carnival in Vermont the weekend of August 17th through 20th. And I shall be performing and vending along with previous guest Twinkie the Clown and the elusive Marianne Toilet we haven't had on yet. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was <laughs> very soft and kind. <laughs> what? I said very soft and kind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I won't be able to make that one. But we'll, we'll talk off air. We'll go to a death match. <laughs> no, for sure. I'm sure there'll be more to come. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, now that that tangent about sex carnivals and deathmatch wrestling <laughs> came out of nowhere um anything else you like that's to- it i think that covers it all Art right and rage and cunt that's that's, that's me that, <laughs> it, if i didn't title the episode's family member and then the person's name this episode would be called rage and cunt soft cunt yes yes <laughs> Hit your right to our guest socials as we go for a little ego trip. Alright, so this is the portion of the show called the ego trip, where you just basically 
promote all your social medias, let everyone know where to find you, keep up with any events like you guys are holding, and uh, yeah, floor is yours. Oh yeah, thank you, Tunes. <laughs> uh, no problem. <laughs> uh, I'm Ruggy Rugs, and you can find me on the internet at Ruggy Rugs on pretty much everything. I'm Ruggy Rugs on Instagram, Ruggy Rugs on SoundCloud, and on Bandcamp. Um, Band, no, I think SoundCloud is where the most of my music is right now, but Bandcamp is where Ali released things first. Um, and I plan to do some wider releases later this fall. So, uh, I mean, I'm on sound on like all of like the bigger platforms, Spotify, iTunes, and what whatnot under Ruggy Rugs as well. Um, I'm on Twitter at Ruggy What the WTF R U G I W T F. If you just want to watch me spiral in real time and uh, laugh at my stupid jokes. Um, what else? Sweaty, sticky, sweet on Instagram and on YouTube to keep up with our parties. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, come see me play at the Oasis on July 8th with Vomit Chord and Terror Tunes and I think a few other really cool acts. Let's disinfect. Let's disinfect. Hell yeah. yeah. Let's. <laughs> I wait. Do I have? I think I do. I have a disinfect sticker. You know how sometimes you just randomly get stickers from places? I think I have a Let's Disinfect sticker. I could be wrong, though. But yeah, mm. guess at the Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might. He, Sean makes his ways around. It's like horror punk chip tune. It's, it's very fun. Very cool. I love that. <laughs> Hell yeah. And as some of you, all you or none of you may know, I'm Nicholas Christian. You can find me at Colt underscore Sure underscore on instagram and facebook you can find me at terror underscore tunes t-o-o-n-s underscore on facebook instagram tiktok and terrortunes.bandcamp.com where there's music there's merch all that shit for culture for terror tunes there's toys i make on there and art i still haven't put up i've been saying for weeks i'm gonna put some paintings on there still fucking haven't it's great put them up <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. But Ruggy Rugs. Yes. It's been an honor. <laughs> much for having me. It's been cool talking. Can't wait to see you next week. I don't well, it's funny. We're saying next week, but anyone listening, it's this week and this Saturday. I just realized it now because it'll uh, be, oh, this will come out Wednesday. So oh. we're 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 talking in the future right now. <laughs> but all right you take care you enjoy your gym session and get that light tube yeah. ready yes i got you <laughs> all right i'll see you bye like us out on this week's episode of the cultural podcast is Be sure to make
Bitch, I'm the way that you